0: I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones, and this is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. Well, another Christmas season is upon us, and with it, the annual debate in the hearts of the thoughtful how to tap into the true spirit of the time and not just get swept up in the shopping and seasonal festivities, This latter position firmly in the lead, judging by the mad scramble for mall parking and the expanded lineups at liquor store checkouts. And since there's so much attention given in all the normal channels for this economic and convivial perspective, let me fill a gap by taking a stand for the true spirit of Christmas. For the story, rich in lore and wonder and marvelous mystery, is a beautiful one that in lieu, unfortunately, of being largely ignored eleven and a half months of the year, now finally and necessarily demands to be heard and reflected upon. It is a time when we who feel this can venture forth our thoughts and feelings about this most sacred of times and contemplate the mystical story that provides the reason for our December celebrations. A study of the divine today on thinking with somebody else's head. And a Merry Christmas to you, which in my books, comes closer to what I want to express than seasons' greetings or happy holidays, anything like that. A fascinating show coming up with Claudia Bernhardt- Pacheco today, a scientific, theological view of the divine. And I'll bet you thought that was impossible, right? But just a little bookkeeping to deal with first. Will La Lajeunesse, our great webmaster, has been working hard to keep our HealingThroughConsciousness.com website updated. You'll make him and me feel very good by going there once in a while for all of our updates and info. Even better if you direct your friends and social networks there. And our liberationofthepeople.org site is also racking up the visits these days. That's where you can go to download Liberation of the People, the Pathology of Power, Norberto Kepi's essential reading for anyone who wants to see 2012 not be the end of the world. I mention all of this every week, of course, to try to create a resonance field here, whereby you and I use the various means of communication at our disposal to get the message out, about this important work emerging from the International Society of Analytical Trilogy in Sao Paulo, Brazil. Let me know what you think about what we're doing at joneshealing at gmail.com. I was talking to a student this morning about a tough decision he has to make in his department at work. His director is forcing him to fudge the numbers a little so they can hit their year-end department targets to keep the shareholders happy in Spain. He was pretty upset about this because it's going to make things very difficult for a number of departments in the company in January. My student and I were reflecting on this, about how the shareholders' needs are put before the company's and the customer's needs. And what is this relationship anyway? Shareholders today are largely unknown, faceless mutual and pension funds many times, and they're investing with the intention of earning money by doing nothing. That's the whole point of investing, isn't it? Throw my money out into stocks on the premise that I'll receive 8 or 10 or 15% return on my money. For doing what exactly to earn that money? Well, therein lies the ethical problem. The inverted idea of getting something for nothing lies behind much of the stock market's PR, and this is a flawed idea from the start. On top of that, my student's department has been working super hard over the past few months on some ambitious expansion plans the company has embarked on, expansion plans that work to increase the value of the shares without putting a nickel extra into the employees' pockets. On top of that, the company directors push the departments to successfully achieve that expansion, all the while sitting with contracts that pay them bonuses on rising stock in the company stock that is rising, of course, thanks to the efforts of the massive workforce that stands to gain little from its efforts, and being forced to fudge the numbers so those fat cat shares continue to look healthy. Oh dear, pass the champagne and caviar, Jeeves. I'm feeling a mite peckish. You know, I wanted to talk about this today because it's a level of corruption we don't think about much. We're pretty versed in the political scandals that erupt periodically in our so-called democracies involving misappropriated lottery funds or bridge contracts being awarded to a senator's cousin's engineering company. But this inherent corruption of the market where money makes money and multinationals are rewarded for laying off 3,000 workers is more subtly pernicious. An economic system that permits kids to drop out of school, to mine coltan in the Congo so we can have cheap electronics, is a sick system. Norberto Kepi has written extensively about that, especially in three extraordinary books he wrote in New York City in the 1980s. The Decay of the American People and the United States, Liberation of the People, the Pathology of Power, and Work and Capital. Many excerpts of those books are on our site at HeatingThroughConsciousness.com. Liberation of the People is available as a free download, actually, and I highly recommend that book. It's very important for the Occupy movement, especially at this particular stage of our evolution into a a better society. That book available for free download, liberationofthepeople.org. You know, I'm not much of a biblical scholar, but I seem to remember Jesus getting pretty indignant with the money changers in the temple, and I take that to be significant. Our program today is a deep exploration of spirituality and divinity, and I feel strongly that we are all of us here to contribute to the world, and that means becoming conscious of what's going on around us and how we're part of a very inverted society. And then what do we have to do to help disinvert that? Our radio program, I hope, is playing a small part in that consciousness, in raising that consciousness. And I know Dr. Niberto Kepi's vast body of work is the essential missing ingredient to help us achieve the just, aesthetic, and loving society we each desire deep in our soul. My deepest wish is that this great work become more and more known in our world so desperately in need of it. Thinking with Somebody Else's Head is back in a moment with our study of the divine. Claudia Bernhard Brasheko will join us. This is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. We're back in just a moment. This is Thinking with Somebody Else's Head, Richard Lloyd-Jones. With you, Dr. Claudia Bernhard Brasheko has joined us again here in the Christmas season. And our good friend Susan Berkeley has just arrived from the snow of New York.
1: Yes, she prefers to have uh, hot Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but anyways, yeah. yeah. in consciousness yeah. not in physically. But it's in-
0: weird, Claudia, to have a, to have Christmas when it's 30 degrees. For me this is a totally foreign. <laughs>
1: A, <laughs> sw- a Swedish client was was telling me, "How come this yeah. is not Christmas spirit?" Yeah. So I told her, "Well, so you have to find out a Christmas spirit inside of you." Yeah, yes.
0: but it's weird because shopping Dorado over here—they have snowflakes inside <laughs> of the shopping center in thirty-two degrees in temperature, so it's hot. But but anyway, anyway,
1: thirty-two Celsius. Celsius. Yes,
0: right. Just for in Canada, it's we understand 90
1: that
0: ninety degrees. Ninety degrees. But anyway, the Christmas spirit has nothing to do with temperature. And Jesus was born in a very hot country. So actually, maybe the Christmas spirit is more for hot temperatures than it is for cold Maybe, temperatures. Maybe. maybe. We have to think about maybe.
1: that. Maybe. Yes, we have to rethink <laughs> the concept of Christianity. Yeah.
0: When, when we think about Christmas um, in our part of the world where Susan and I come from, we're not thinking about uh, very much, unfortunately, the real meaning of Christmas. Mm-hmm. Maybe everywhere in the world, this is happening now. It's become a commercial celebration, right? Yeah, but it's not
1: spontaneous. Money. This is very well planned.
2: Yeah,
0: it's been organized. Sure. Yeah,
1: Claudia,
2: you just said something that's interesting. That we need to rethink the concept of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I could we explore that a little bit, Rich? Because. Yeah. As somebody who was raised in the Jewish faith, Mm -hmm. I feel that coming to Brazil and getting to know Analytical Trilogy, even though it's scientific, it is not religious in any way, that I really got to rethink what what true Christianity meant. And that's what um, we experience through Dr. Kepi's work. I think it would be fantastic if we could explore that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I think that the first important aspect of this idea of Christmas... Is that we link through analytical trilogy, which is, by the way, the, the f- union between theology, philosophy, and science. So whatever we do in scientific terms and philosophical terms, we have to also consider the theological terms. As Susan said, not linked to an in, any religious institution, but absolutely linked to the Greek concept of theology, because theology comes from the Greek. And they understood the study of the divine being as theology. And after Judaism and Christianity, this idea of institutionalized religion uh, gained force. But in trilogy, uh, we understand that the study of God is absolutely essential if you want to understand human beings Because if we understand better and study better the nature of the supreme being, we will understand better the concepts of all other beings. And this is Greek metaphysics. And there is where uh, the true religions started in Greece. And they developed. And with the presence of the Son of God in the planet, of course, uh, the religion... Got more strength and its influence was very, very big until last century, which was characterized by materialism and sensorialism and atheism. So, if we enter the subject of uh, Christianity, of theology, Judaism, even, we have always mixed feelings, pleasant and very unpleasant. The pleasant ones have relation to God, and the unpleasant ones are related to human pathology, which belongs to human beings that developed religion in the planet. So if you feel something unpleasant when a religious person speaks, uh... Being a rabbi or a pastor or a priest or a nun or even a Hindu, spiritualist Hindu, or, so we feel something many times which is unpleasant. We feel a kind of, Censorship, a kind of know-it-all attitude, of godlike attitude. So they think they conf- they confuse themselves with God when they say when they speak, and the right, they they generally act as the righteous one. Ones and and this is very much linked to theomania, the very source of analytical trilogy, and Doctor Kepis discovers of his own theory and method. Uh, The very beginning was when he discovered the attitude of Theomania. We are all suffering from this idea that we are godlike. We know it all. We are pride. We are the owners of the truth. We want life to be in accordance to our own egotistic wishes with our Fantasies. Uh, so, we have such difficulty in being a little bit humble and accepting our limitations, our errors, our negative feelings and attitudes. So, this idea of being godlike is very much linked to the source of all pathologies. And it's, of course, very unpleasant.
0: It is indeed. I was watching a where well, this gets confusing, I was watching a, a, a stand-up comedian recently, Claudia, and he was doing a lot of things about the problems in the world. And one of the things he was taking on was religion, and he was really slamming the idea of religion, the stupidity of religion. And, and I feel that this is a really uh, uh, a big excuse to attack <laughs> more than religion, right? Because religion is. Even Jesus—if we think about Jesus—Jesus Jesus never preached in the church, that as I understand. He no, was- he
1: did. He, did. he he taught also the rabbis, <laughs> the rabbis, <Yeah>. yes, <laughs> but the Pharisees. He, he, but he's he, amongst he was he is and he he is <laughs> yes. and he was amongst the people. Yeah, he was always with the ninety nine percent. Yes, right. exactly.
0: <laughs> and so if you know if we're slamming religion, this is like uh, this misses the point that uh, there was something very beautiful in what Jesus did that we need to pay attention to.
2: That I think well, you were talking about the ninety nine percent, Claudia, because. This is the time of the 99%. -hmm. It's the time for, because the 99% before now have been waiting for a solution to come from the state, from the company, from the boss, and even perhaps from religion, but they became. Um, disappointed yes. or with with what had happened, so this is the time where we, the people, must depend on our own strength. We must go within and God's, and God's connection yeah. that the God that lives within us, yes. that the temple within, the church yes. within, yes. and and that is and this work helps us do that. So I thought um, this is a very special Christmas yeah. in that sense because it's it's the time for all peoples, all religions to go back to the Christ or the whatever, the Moses within, mm-hmm, or that uh-huh. God's,
1: the connection oh, or even Mohammed oh, that yeah. had many many right things to teach.
2: Of course, we can't forget Islam. I mean, billions of people are
1: following yeah, that. The, Buddha, Confucius, that were very is, much spiritual.
2: Even if you're not religious, you have that inner guidance, that inner connection with God, and you need to find that as of the 99% to be able to now is the time to sustain yourself through that link with God. You will never do it through the link with the power, through the link with...
1: With the theomaniac people, exactly, the god-like people (laughs) who think they're god, because (laughs) the powerful took the place, and those people who are starving for power, they want to take the place of God in our lives, and then, of course, in their lives, but mostly in our lives, to be the rulers, dictating orders. But those orders are very much upside down in relation to God and this confusion is very much important to understand because one of the unpleasant impressions we have from those uh represent god's representatives in churches is because they suffer from a severe inversion they uh understand that if we are following god we are a kind of in the wrong side because we are in the in the side of suffering restriction censorship, um, pain,
0: meekness,
1: meekness, disease and sacrifice and that suffering is the way is is like the correct and the only way to be with God in the future. I learned as you said Susan I had a Catholic upbringing and in under this understanding of the philosophy of the Catholic Church they understand that this life is like a very, it's like a pilgrimage, only a pilgrimage where you pass by and you choose if you are going to be in hell or in, in heaven when, when you, when you die. Mm-hmm. But you cannot interact really with this world because this world is the world of the devil. And so you just forget about this. And, God is only after life. Mm -hmm. But the true understanding of Jesus' words doesn't mean this. He said that He brings to this life abundance of everything that is good, everything in abundance, like happiness and goods and, and health and progress, if we would follow His words. And his teachings.
0: I think this is beautiful, Claudia, because if we think about the the Occupy movement, everybody's trying to create a new society. And what this would suggest, what you're saying, is not that we need to achieve something new. We need to stop denying what Jesus has promised us we always had in the first place. Yes. We always had this beauty, and we reject that. That's what we reject. And not understanding that, we want to try and create another reality somehow, or a better thing and Jesus was saying no you have everything is here now And
1: you know how this was yeah, like giving more strength to the powerful to the evil demonic powerful because then they say okay so you you go to heaven and i <laughs> i have <laughs> the world. So the world was left behind and was given to the hands of those powerful. So we don't question. This is not, people quote Jesus' words, this is not my reign, not my kingdom. My kingdom kingdom is not from this planet or from this place. Uh, My kingdom is in heaven with Father. But he was very ironic when he said this. He said that the interest in power and money is not his business that his business was being loving and doing good, good action, beautiful action, and doing for your fellow man what you want to be done to yourself. Yeah. So he has just one law. Love our Father in heaven above anything and your neighbor as yourself. This is just one rule, and this was no, never put in practice yeah. in the world.
0: And, and how the powerful took this uh, r- r- religious misinterpretation that this yeah. world doesn't exist for us, and they say, "Okay, you don't want the world? Yes, <laughs> we'll, yes, we'll ta- Thank you very much. Yes, we'll take
1: it." And yes, and that's Just this is hard. what has have Incredible. been for centuries and millennium. The powerful took took, the, and this world that they took over is divine. So they are um, usurpando. They have yeah. usurped it uh-huh. for themselves. Yeah they have usurped it from god yeah. from the the children of god they have they took taken it away.
0: and subsequently from the people
1: stolen subsequently it, from yeah, the people, too. stolen yeah. yeah so it's time to recover to rescue what belongs to us and have always belonged to us.
0: And if I could say, I think that's really the spirit of the 99%, that they they haven't conscientized fully that. But it's that desire for a just world, a beautiful world, a perfect world, which is what's moving them, directly linked to Dr. Kelly's work. We'll take a break. We'll come back in a minute. Thinking with somebody else's head, we're back with Claudia Bernhard-Prascheko, my dear friend Susan Berkeley, to talk more about the true meaning of Christmas in just a moment. Thinking with somebody else's head is our program. We are uh, on the Conscious Planet Radio Network and streaming through iTunes. Of course, all our programs are on our website at HealingThroughConsciousness.com. What did you say in the, in the little break? The birth of the Spirit of God. Yeah,
1: this might be the year of the birth of the Spirit of God. Two thousand twelve. Yeah.
0: Not the end of the world at all.
1: Not the end. The end oh, of this science. world yeah. Yeah. that Christ said it uh, it's it didn't it, it didn't belong to Him. Uh, So you see what happens now in Christmas Eve and Christmas time. They are even thinking about taking away the name of Christmas tree. They are are naming it... A holiday tree. Holiday tree.
0: And... What a de- decade. In, in,
1: yeah, in the <laughs> United States. Amazing. My clients said that, they told me when in their sessions that now they are using the name of holiday tree, and they want to institute this name to take away the, the, the image of Christ. And this is the feast to commemorate his birth, and has been for 2,000 years. Yeah. And so those evil guys in power of the economic and financial power and uh, the godlike beings, they uh, absolutely don't want Christ's teachings because the, his teachings turned down their power as the true Jewish teachings did in, with the prophets. All the time the prophets were saying that God one day would bring justice for the poor, for the widow, for the orphans, for the needy ones. And so we have always been the 99 crushed by the demonic 1%. And this is very theological concept indeed, and also scientific one. And social, uh, uh, I mean, sociologically speaking, also true. Uh, so we see that they took over, they robbed, they stole the concept, and they transformed this in their feast, in the feast of trilateral, of those companies, of all the the. the commercial people, the big companies, they, they have their feast now instead of uh, the birth of Jesus Christ. And normally people don't think about that because they enjoy having gifts. The people like having gifts. Of course. They they enjoy having a party with a turkey and a good wine, a champagne, but this is fair. This is fair. Uh, the, the lie in this is that all this has a reason, has a meaning if it comes to commemorate the message yes. and a living, a living God which came and is and stayed in the spirit of those who want to follow his yes. teachings.
0: So it's not to deprive ourselves of the festive part of it, of but it's to not. include the festive part in now, this. Now, let
1: me tell you something. Okay. <laughs> now, bringing to the field of psychopathology, normally not only the powerful people spoil our Christmas, but we do this. Pay attention. Christmas time, New Year's Eve, is the time where families fight the most. Right? People get sick. Uh, people start fighting women get annoyed because their husbands didn't did not give her the the proper attention and she feels herself as a slave in the house and she doesn't want to sacrifice herself alone and for 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 the family and all those fightings so
0: people drink they drink yeah. and
1: they get demonized yes, and, and all old family fighting hurts are brought forward yeah. oh my god Everybody's and, uh, and uh, mess, this hypocrisy yeah. so yeah. this have has very little to do with with the public Powerful has to do with our own psychopathology, which is...
0: Envy. Envy, envy. right. We reject <laughs> right. what's, what's beautiful. Our inver-
1: inversion that comes from envy. So we transform a, a beautiful time, which could be and should be so pleasant, so happy, in a hell. So many people are afraid when they think about Christmas coming. They accuse each other. And we transform this in the devilish feast instead of loving feast. And this has to do with our pathology.
0: So we take something that exactly what we were saying a minute ago, that our problem is not that we don't have, it's our problem is that we deny what we have. We reject. So we, here we are rejecting this beautiful message that comes at this time of the year.
1: Can you read it, yeah. this excerpt from this beautiful book Ooh. that Dr. Cappy wrote, Glorification, and it was meant to be published in New York City in the year of 83 or 84, 83 I think, 82, 83. This book was meant to be published there. A publisher there a lot of looked interest. at this book. Yes, and, and he wanted to publish, uh, to start with five million copies. And he said, this will be the spiritual orientation of the future. And this is the spiritual orientation the world needs desperately.
0: Our, our dear friend Will lajeunesse who is... Stuck away in the studio recording today. I'm, I'm sorry, Will, I wanted you to have, have a chance to speak about this. He was saying this book is touching him very deeply.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a love poem to God, I think yeah, it is, uh, how we sure. could describe because,
1: it. Read in the, in the yeah. cover. Because
0: what? On the cover. Um, Glorification by Norberto R. Kepi, a more complete comprehension of the Creator achieved through scientific experimentation... Revealing the true God that institutionalized religion has hidden from us. There we are. That's fantastic, isn't it? And I I know this is my personal experience. I have come to an understanding of my own spiritual nature through the science, not through religion. This is very clear to me. If it had been left to religion, I would not be here today.
1: Me too.
0: Me too. <laughs> it's no, it just alienated me completely from... from
1: me too. A-
0: <laughs> All <laughs> of us. So through science, yeah. we can have something theological. Dr. Claudia wanted me to read this paragraph here. It's always beautiful to read this book. So this is from Glorification. Quoting Dr. Kepi, we have simply reached an impasse. Was the world this universe created for the glory of God and His children, or for the enemies of truth, who take possession of everything they can just to satisfy their own sick pleasure? Where are the enlightened ones, whose life shines before all? Can it be that they are hiding under a table, leaving everything in the hands of the ill-intentioned, I believe that we have reached the time when we can no longer permit such inversion to remain in our lives, for we are not here to follow the sick minds of the evil persons who have taken possession of society. We are here to participate in the glory of God and of those who love Him. All of this was created for that purpose. Let us unite.
2: Oh, my goodness. This is like a convocation for the 99%. Yes,
1: and if you see, this book was written in the beginning of the 80s, like uh, around 1980 or 81. So Cappy has always been this revolutionary to bring the world back to humanity and to God against all, all powerful in all areas.
2: I mean, that chapter, if every person woke up in the morning and read that, you would be so excited about the day. You would have such a feeling of,
1: uh, you know, um And being an motivation. enlightened one and acting and in, in, empreendendo. As accomplishing. A, 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 yeah,
2: accomplishing, accomplishing,
1: realizing as an enlightened enlightened person. one person, yeah. Yeah. I it just gives you strength and courage. The true enlightened have always belonged to the ninety nine percent. Of course.
0: Not to the powerful. Yeah. I'm putting this on my Facebook page today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to spread that immediately. But look at that, because he, he said just what you were saying. We 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 can't leave everything in the hands of the ill-intentioned. If we just leave, if we don't pay attention to what you're talking about, they'll take it. They'll just as they have they been doing.
2: They're there for that. They're and there that's for what's that. so beautiful about the Trilogical Society and what you're mm-hmm. you, we we are doing with these uh, productivist enterprises, because mm-hmm. the idea is to create a community apart. Still, as a part, you were not like saying cloister yourself and go into a convent and escape, or go to the woods, but live in the world. But create your business, your your living space, your communities, so that your if the other falls apart, you still have your thing.
0: Well, this is what you were saying in our program last time, that our communities need to work together to support, to do all the things for each other that we're now expecting the government and the
1: powerful to and do. And I want to reinforce a concept that we have in our our science. We understand that it's much more important to reinforce our immune system than to attack the symptoms of the disease. And uh, The same thing we do with the neurotic aspects and psychotic ones. Instead of fighting our neurotic and psychotic tendencies, we reinforce the healthy aspect of ourselves. So we reinforce our balance in, in a way that little by little the crazy attitudes, feelings, they fade away in the same way that the symptoms fade away when you reinforce your immune system, the psychogenetic or psychoenergetic power of our bodies. So this is our focus, not to fight evil, but to reinforce the good. And so that's our intention, is to reinforce the power of the good individuals, good intentioned, so they will start building a tissue or an organism healthy organism in society in such a way that little by little, the sick, the cancer of society, which is which are the powerful, uh, they will fade away. They will lose their, their power, their strength. And you know, if you probably have read all those conspiracy theories that may, m- most of them are right, they say they have a plan to eliminate 80% at least of the people. Because the people is or are the cancer in society. But the (laughs) cancer is not the people. The cancer are the powerful. There's
0: enormous projection, Claudia. We see this everywhere. Mm. The people are always punished, always at fault for what the powerful are doing. And this idea that they want to eliminate, this is very far advanced. And so when you're talking about... Uh, reinforcing the goodness. This is beautiful. At the same time, recognizing the the real corruption that's happening. We need to do both. And so we we as people, the ninety nine percent, we need to build our own companies, create our own banks, do our own, create our own medical systems, and
1: learn how the powerful can manipulate us yes. through our own psychopathology. Because if we want to become stronger in front of the powerful, we need to see this similar pathology we have in our, in ourselves. We need to see the synchronicity, the agreements we have. We We agree with many of the concepts they bring. So that is absolutely the major difficulty so far, that we were not able to overcome this major problem in the millennium and millennium, millenniums. So if we do not understand our own theomania, our own inversion, our own idea that money is everything and not the good and truthful, beautiful work, that we do not value from what we have but from what we do, so we are what we do and not what we have. So many, many, many concepts must be better analyzed inside of each one of the 99 so they can become stronger in front of these lies that the powerful bring to them. And they agree. For instance, the Occupy Wall Street movement, there are many there that they 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 want the the capital that Golden Sacks have,
2: Yes, yes, yeah,
1: uh, Rockefeller, Rockefeller, Rothschild, Morgan, where is my piece of the whatever, where is my piece? Yeah. Because I deserve a piece of this. So thinking that if they are richer, if they have more money, they will be more happy. They can be even more unhappy because if they don't realize their envy and their inversion and their um, narcissism and or arrogance. the pathology. So what is, what is the money good for? Yeah. So it's it's just a ruin of a, a person if if they are upside down and they don't realize they are.
0: This program really needs to go to everybody in the ninety nine percent, Susan. We need to to do everything we can to get this program out to people because what you're talking about is so inspirational for people who want a just society. And now we have the means to, to have it. You know, it's here.
1: Communism didn't work because of this, yeah. because they wanted the capital from the capitalists. Right. And then the capital came, went for the state. And then they kept fighting and fighting and killing each other because they wanted money. And they didn't want freedom to do what is good, beautiful, and truthful. They wanted just money. Nobody lives out of money. Nobody eats money. No, no one is happy because of money. Nobody. Mm. But, of course, money can bring good things and good means to accomplish, to do what is good. When we need capital. It's yeah, good yeah. to have when a capital. But in a, way, in a reasonable way and, yeah. and, and deserving what we have.
0: Can I finish with another paragraph? Please do that. <laughs> I was just looking as you were speaking. This kind of fits too. Doctor. Another paragraph from Dr. Kepi's wonderful book, Glorification, available, by the way, on our websites if you're interested. In the same way that society is formed in the image of man with all of his virtues and defects, everything that exists in the universe reflects the image of God. And it reflects it in such a way that any reference to the one has some relation to the other. Therefore, a clearer perception of the Creator will afford us extraordinary comprehension of all creation, and this comprehension will enable us to achieve unbelievable progress. This is the great value of revelation.
1: Yes. So he speaks about the traditional religious revelation, theological revelation, but he also considers science. As a means of revelation, so through his science, he was able to understand a lot of things about God much better than he used to, because of the scientific view, an integral, uh, a transcendental science that was able to open the eyes, even of himself. Doctor Cappy opened his eyes through the because you know something, God is. Within us, as Susan said, he he wants he would like to live in our inner selves, and we would become like small temples, or not that small if we, we if we have God in us, with us, so we are not that small, we are enlightened, as Kepi said. so God wants to live within us. This is what Jesus said that God loved the most, this kind of children that would worship him in truth and spirit, not in a temple. Also, evil one, the evil one wants to take over our inner lives. And it has been doing this for a long time, dominating ourselves through our pathology and through the pathology of the powerful. So imagine a science that... Went, went inside of the human being, looked inside and saw what is wrong there. And one of the biggest mistakes was that mankind split from God, got apart from God and our Creator because of envy, because of inversion, because of theomania. And if we see this, we can reconnect with God and the evil guys and the evil ones would lose. We'll become like open losers because the strength humanity will acquire with this rel- relinking, reconnecting with God through the inner selves will be very powerful. The esoteric power will be tremendous. And this was only possible because of a psychoanalytical method. Yeah. That Cappy developed.
0: I had, uh, this is probably a very mundane example, but I want to try and put it into terms that are understandable for we who don't have the spiritual uh, wisdom that you bring, Claudia. I was, I was walking down the street today, I was thinking about this program. As I was walking to a class, I was thinking, what do we want to talk about today in our program? You know, I'd planned something else. And then I was thinking, no, we need to talk about the real meaning of what, what God and Jesus and what this is inside us. I was thinking that, and just as I was thinking that, a beautiful woman walked by with a tight dress, you know. <laughs> and I, I felt myself wanting to turn and watch her walk by. And then I said, no, but think, continue thinking about what you're thinking about. So I, I, I found myself. This is how we get caught, you know, through our pathologies. We
1: Richard, get you bring this <laughs> burden of Christianity, don't you? Maybe you put all the emphasis in sex or sensual uh, attraction. Yes. Imagine if you would not feel that for a beautiful woman. Yes, <laughs> you could not be a man, a true man. Yes. So the the problem is not this one, Richard.
0: Mm, it's deeper uh, than that. Hey,
1: my God. So the problem is not instinct. A beautiful woman is a reflection of God. Yes. Beautiful women should be a big reflection of God because they come from God. So the problem is not instinct. Finding a beautiful woman and and feeling attracted to her, do not put so much emphasis in this in, in sexual censorship yes, like this. Yes,
0: yes. I, I was thinking of it though in terms of like taking away from what I okay, was. Okay, like
1: a distraction. Yeah. Like so you a- may say that the devil uses God's. Uh, things to, you know, and beauties and words to, to deviate us maybe from... Maybe this
0: is my point more yeah, deeply. Yeah, than, yeah, yeah. Because you know, I'm not going to stop looking at women. They don't, don't get yeah, that idea. <laughs> it's not going to happen. This smaller
1: but, than yeah. maybe what, what I was thinking about. Yeah. But anyhow, it's important to remember that beautiful women and men, they yeah. are the reflection of God. Yeah, and we, oh, when you see someone or something beautiful, it's a sensorial attraction that we have. Yeah, and this is not only physical; this is psycho-physical, but uh, spiritual even. Yeah. Uh,
0: I think that's very true because you know, we can hear beautiful music or yes, see beautiful clothes and things, and this is very attractive. And the it, devil uses this is what I God's
1: I, beauty hmm. and the beauty of God's creatures for commerce to corrupt. So the use, this misuse, is is what must be seen. This is what I was feeling. I
0: think, Claudia, this this sort of distraction from, you know, wow, (laughs) another. But the
1: word of God. One day, when the ninety nine take back our world. We will have so many beautiful men and women. My God, we have to they like to get used to this idea of being well-dressed and beautiful and attractive. Imagine the world of God with ugly. So, the religious, they try to become very ugly. They force themselves. So they hide true. their beauty as if beauty was a sin. The women must wear wigs, only clothing that covers yeah. the entire body, All black, the men too. too. Yeah. Black and- Yes, so this is not God's kingdom.
0: It's an exciting world we're anticipating in 2012. The birth of a divine kingdom emerging, brought by all well-intentioned individuals, resonating with the beautiful ideals we've been considering on our program today. Well, that's it for thinking with somebody else's head for 2011. All that's left is for me to wish you a deep and spiritual Christmas and pass on my hopes that 2012 continues this turning point for humanity. All the best from all of us in Brazil to you listening across the planet. I'm Richard Lloyd-Jones. Merry Christmas.